Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. I am excited to be back here. I've had... uh, a little three-week hiatus, got back from uh, a nice little road trip, taking my son around to all the California colleges, and now I am back, and I'm excited because today I am going to be talking to a business coach, an entrepreneur, um, a personal coach, a speaker that his story has really inspired me a lot, and I'm excited to share that with you today and, and honestly learn um, some of his tools. So. Welcome to the show, uh, Jamal Frazier. It's so good to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I, um, I, what I love so much about life in general and about making relationships and about connecting with people is I'm telling you most of the amazing connections. So I wrote a book called Hustle Believers, by the way, that had uh, – had 51 stories of, of people who were really inspirational. And so many of those came to me through a Facebook connection. And that mm. is actually how we were introduced. Uh, we have a mutual friend on Facebook that, you know, he, one day he was like, hey, you guys have similar stories. You've got to connect. So I, um, you know, checked out your story and it just, I'm not going to give it away. I'm going to let you tell it for us because my listeners will know that I relate to a lot of it. So tell us a little bit about how you got here what what was your um your journey to now being super successful i mean you own a company that's a 36 million in sales and you have two companies you best-selling books but how'd you get here <laughs> well i i am <clears throat> highly grateful for our friend eric and uh he connected us and you know for me it was so much of um of a god thing um, with this connection, and I was just telling you sort of backstage or offline of how incredibly um, proud of you I am and everything that you're putting out there, and I just feel, I honestly feel honored um, to be here and to be able to share a little bit of my story, so thank you for having me. I um, you know, <laughs> you're welcome, I, I, and I truly do say that. I don't say that just to, but I know there's so many people that are listening, but I was up, maybe it was about one thirty in the morning, and I said, okay, I'm going to go through everything that she has out there. <laughs> and um, and, and after, <laughs> and I said, okay, first I'm going to start with Facebook, and it was inspiring. And then I went to Instagram, and I said, wow, look at this. And then I went to the podcast and everything else, and I just, and, and I'm in awe. So I love your story. Um, wow, I think, thank you so much. I know that you can relate <laughs> to that to that hustle of, of turning your story into your message and, and into the thing that, you know, not only inspires you, but hopefully inspires someone else too. Well, I think I think for me, you know, I, I, I got started here. I'm here in Southern California. Um, I grew up in a city called Pasadena, for any of you guys who know that, uh, that city. Um, grew up to with a father who was in and out of prison uh, to a mom who absolutely did her best, but it's very difficult to grow up as a single mom. And my mom had a really um, tough life, Sarah. You know, her parents both passed away within a couple months of each other. Shortly after that, her youngest brother was shot and killed in front of her. And from that, um, not knowing how to cope, um, she turned to um, a drug addiction and, and became an alcoholic and did the best that she could um, with raising um, all of her children, me included. Uh, to this day, I say the best thing that has ever happened in my life is when I was about uh, 10 years old, my mom moved us about 11 miles east to a city that um, I really started to find myself. Um, once we moved, I, I became um, obsessed over athletics uh, from a young age. I knew that I wanted to earn a football scholarship and play football in college. 
And so uh, I got around a group of guys who just thought a little bit bigger, and, and all we did was we just played sports all the time, and that was my thing. I just I wanted to yeah. um, be one of the best football players in Southern California, and that's what eventually happened. I eventually got a, a scholarship to play uh, college football and did all the things, graduated with great uh, grades, um, um, was part of uh, many different uh, activity groups, um, got out of school and got into pharmaceutical sales, which was my passion. I, I loved it. Um, I found a beautiful uh, woman to marry. Uh, people walk by me today, and I know they look at me and say, how the heck did you get her? Uh, <laughs> and that's the absolute <laughs> truth. And so um, on the outside, everything looked good, but on the inside, uh, I was crumbling. I was crumbling. You know, I was living uh, paycheck to paycheck around that same time we found out we got mm-hmm. pregnant with our first son, and I wasn't ready for that sort of responsibility. And so I asked my wife uh, if she wouldn't mind having an abortion. And she's always yeah. been brighter than me, and she said that's something she's not willing to do. And from that moment and for the next two years, I fell into one of the deepest depressions I think that a person could fall into. Um, Every day was like being suffocated. It felt like you're walking up a a slope of 100 yards of just sand and taking two steps forward and falling three or four steps back. Um, I felt like I couldn't breathe. Um, I couldn't get outside of myself. And from that, uh, the world became a really dark place. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like myself. I didn't like the people that were around me. I would go to work and, and uh, have a smile on my face, but inside I was crumbling. Um, I felt like my wife was trying to trap me, and I felt like she had made a decision that was going to keep me stuck. But she knew that I wasn't going to leave because as a young child, uh, my father wasn't there. And I made a promise to myself that if I ever did have kids, that I would be there. But it was a relationship I wanted out of, and it was a situation I wanted out of, but I felt stuck. Uh, With being in that two-year depression, I put on a lot of weight. Uh, I uh, gained about 40 or 50 pounds. Uh, My health um, went down the toilet, uh, got diagnosed with, um, with obstructive sleep apnea, high blood pressure, and... um, and about two years into that, um, I was starting to crawl myself out, and I said, okay, what's the one thing that I can take control of? And that was my own health. And so I started looking for help, and I started putting my fillers out there, and a buddy of mine said, hey, you should call up my mom. Uh, she's a health coach. And I said, how the heck is your 65-year-old mom going to help somebody like me? <laughs> right? Like, like I'm, I'm a college athlete, yeah. said I've been fast and athletic all my You're life. Like, I know this now. Stuff. Yeah. How, how is she going to help me? And he says, brother, you got to trust me. Just give her a call. And so I sat down with her um, at her house, and she told me about how she could help me and Reluctantly, I sort of started under her tutelage and started on, um, started on her plan. And uh, within a month, I lost all the weight. I started feeling good. It started to wow. clear up my mental health. Um, and then she gave me the chance to become a coach, to do the same thing for wow. other people. And, um, and I was sitting in an auditorium um, one day. Uh, she was on my right-hand side. And I was listening to these speakers, and I was listening to these people that had similar story of mine, but had found a way to break through, to resurrect, to, to push past their, their barriers and to create um, a life that they actually wanted. And in that auditorium, I said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to now serve others so I can break out of my own darkness. And a few months yeah. later, I quit my job. I dove all in, decided I was going to build a health coaching business and that, um, that I was going to help do my part, change the world. And so over the last uh, seven or eight years, that business has done incredibly well, incredibly good. It's served about eighty to 90,000 people. We have a lot of business partners that, 
are just, they're the best people in the world. I get to work with the best people from there. People start to hear my story a little bit more, uh, start to ask me to speak at different places a little bit more. Um, and from there, you know, I had a desire to, um, I grew up, I grew up poor and on welfare. And so as I was building this right. business, I wanted to leave a roadmap for my kids. Now we have three. And I wanted to show them how daddy turned everything around and turned around our financial well-being. And so that's when I wrote the book, the, the first book, The Richest Man Direct Sales. Um, that was a hit. became a number one best-selling book in a day. Yeah, I'm excited um, so to get thousands that. of yeah, so thousands of copies. I was surprised, um, but it's it's such an easy read that it's principles I've been yeah. teaching my son since he was two years old. And then, of course, along the way, along that journey, um, I had some really big shifts, as I call them. Um, and yes, we're going so to get into those. <laughs> we're going to get into those. I, I have lots of questions about those because, uh, you know, that – well, first of all, there's there's so much to admire about your story and and where you come from and built yourself um, out of, I guess, pulled yourself out of almost. Um, and a lot of that, like I said, I relate to. You know, I um, yeah. I had built up a life when when I was married that I thought everyone wanted. You know, the American dream, the picket fence. I was. Um, you know, my parents were never homeowners. I grew up super, super poor. And so, you know, we had bought a house and sold a house and bought a nicer house and done all these things and had the nice car. And then it all just blew up, um, lost the house, filed mm. bankruptcy, and my ex left me. Um, so I've been kind of on those roller coasters, right? Um, and even since then, since rebuilding my life in, in 2009, I've, I've hit many peaks and valleys along along that journey. Um, and so I wanted to first get into a couple of the things that you were talking about, because I think a lot of people can relate to that. So let's start with the dark place. Um, mm. And man, don't I know it, right? And, and I, the way that you described it is so relatable, at least to me, of feeling like oh, my God, am I ever going to get a break? Can I ever just get ahead where you just feel like you're being suffocated um, in your life? And and I think that's kind of the moment where hope or whatever dream you had for your life or whatever possibility you thought was out there just starts slowly, like, being snuffed out. And and that is a very scary place to be in. Um, so what was it that, that started to, to pull you back to the other side that made you think, you know what, it's not over yet. Mm, well, yeah, kind that's of, a great question. How did, how, did you, how did you pull out of that? I know that the health and, and fitness was a big piece of that, but was there anything kind of from a, a mindset standpoint that helped pull you through that? Because I know a lot of people can, can relate and, are, and might be there right now. And not yeah, kind of hopeless thought. There was a couple of things, and you said hopeless at the end. That's, that's exactly where I was. There was a lack of hope. Um, there was hopelessness um, when I was in that state. And that's where the suffoc- uh, suffoc- uh, suffocating feeling really came from. And then it just feels like it's raining on you every day. You know, right? Like, 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 hit like after the sun hit is after never going to. Yeah, <laughs> the sun's never going to come out. What it was was, um, I I had about a year before I started pulling out of my depression, I actually tried to go on a little bit of a health journey, and I I joined a um, CrossFit, and CrossFit mm-hmm. was something that I could go to and and sort of you know turn my attention to. the The problem was that I wasn't losing the weight. I wasn't getting healthier. I was getting stronger. But the biggest blessing was some of the people that I was meeting. And so community, I talk about that so much in the book, and I know we're going to get into the 12 shifts, but just being around the people who seem to be happy. And as I'm around them and I'm looking at them, I'm like, I'm like, there, I'm like, what is wrong with these people? How are they happy? Yeah, how are they happy? Right? Like, I, I want, I don't know how they're doing it, but I want a little bit of it. And so that, that at least was sort of like, 
there's something that is there, you just gotta you you gotta figure out a way to find that. And so that that started the journey. And then of course, once I have my resurrection, it's amazing. And people come to me all the time, Sarah, as I'm sure they come to you and they say, Hey, if you could give me one piece of advice, what would that be? And I'm like, well, you just told me your whole life story and all these things that you want to change, and you want one piece, like one magical pill right, that's right. going to fix all that? <laughs> exactly. And so it's, it's amazing how often that happens. But I always tell people, I say, hey, start where I start. I mean, one of the best yeah. ways that you can do to, to, to build a healthy mind and then a healthy life is to get your body in order. So how are right, you sleeping? Right. How are you eating? How are you drinking? What are you drinking? How, what are you putting into your body? What sort of movement do you have? And it's amazing how when you start that process of getting healthier um, physically, how now that starts to do something to your mind to where you start to have a healthier mind. Oh, yeah. And so once I Absolutely. finally started, you know, getting the weight off and changing my habits, it's amazing how one healthy habit leads to the next. And so that's, yeah. that's really where the catalyst came from. Well, I think that's such, um, you know, good advice in general. I mean, there might be people who are feeling the way that we just described, and, and maybe their health is already their thing, right? They're, they might already be kind of obsessed about it, but maybe something else in their life has not had any of their attention, right? So I love the idea of pick one thing. Obviously, when you're in that spot and it feels like you're just getting the shit kicked out of you over and over again and you can't catch a break, it really feels like everything has to be fixed at once or you're going to die. You know what I mean? It just it, it, yeah. it can get to that type of, of place. And I love the idea of pick the thing that is most within your control. And what I love about the health and fitness piece is that that's a tangible thing. And I'm my brain works in tangibles, man. Like, I need to see stuff. I need to hold it. I need to feel it, you know. Um, and then once I can kind of get my head around how it works, I guess, in the physical reality, then then I can start to apply the same type of techniques to other things. Um, and so that's, that's one of the reasons why I really love that. Like, you can tackle that and you can physically feel different. You physically have more energy. When you do that, your head is clearer. When your head is clearer, you have better ideas. When you have, you know, and it just kind of yes. gets this speed itself. So, you know, I listeners, take that advice. And if by chance health and wellness is already the thing you have nailed, then I bet there's something else. Like maybe organization you don't have nailed or maybe the relationship side. Like pick something and start to get a little bit of success because I think all you have to do is change that energy ultimately, right? And once mm -hmm. you start changing that energy, you start being uh, driven to be around people who are in that energy, which is what you were just saying, right, about finding like-minded people or community or new friend groups or whatever you want to call it that um, is supporting that part of the journey, Um and then I also loved what you were saying in, in the first part of your story about, okay, I've gotten some success now, right? I feel much better. I see how this process works. Maybe I can help somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I hear so much, especially from women, I would say, um, where they're like, I really want to help someone. I want to I help other people, but how can I do that if, my shit ain't tight, <laughs> right, mm -hmm. in whatever area, not just physical. But, like, you know, if my life isn't perfect, how could I be a life coach? Did you come across any of that? Um, and if you did, how did you get through it? And even if you didn't, I bet there's other people in your, um, you know, maybe on your team that have had that mm -hmm. as kind of a hang-up of, like, oh, I'm not perfect. How do I teach others? <laughs> so, um so perfectionism is one of the things, one of the greatest things that keeps us from, um, my belief, our God-given calling. And so, um, mm. so really, really working with that individual to show them, um, really shift number one is in the book is you have superpowers. Um, so what, what I have found, I, I have not struggled with that, um, but also it's because of what I've learned. See, I'm still not right. perfect. I got up this morning and I went and worked out and all these things, but I'm still not the perfect human being. 
but I still help a lot of people. And so one of the things right. I had to start learning was sort of um, how to reinvent myself and how to tell uh, the new story, the new story. And part yeah. of that was understanding that um, and being authentic about that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so, and this is what I loved about you, Sarah, as I was going through your stuff, of how vulnerable you are and how many chances you take. Like as, <laughs> as I was reading I was like, through stuff, I was like, she, like, she man. put everything out there. I was like, That's this is so good because, perfect. <laughs> yes, but that is the what opposite. people want. Sarah, people are so tired of fake. That's how I built really the first two businesses was being open and authentic. I talk about all of my dumb choices, asking my wife well, to get an abortion, learn all these things. Yeah. Like, so when you, I'm so much more inspired by you because you actually did lose the forty pounds that I want to lose. You know what I mean? Like, so so I would be way more inclined to listen to you than the hot, ripped, never had a problem with the calorie in his life dude. You know and what that's like, what people that's are looking that I for. To be real. Yes. Yes. So what I found is that it's the actual opposite. So when I approach a situation and I say, "Hey, we're going to partner together." And we're going to run this journey together. And I might be maybe one step in front of you, but I'm not like a thousand steps in front of you. But we're going to take everything right. that I have and we're going to change the game, right? And then what I've learned is because I'm not perfect, when I do go serve that other person, they push me to stretch to become better, right? Because I have absolutely. to go learn a little bit more. I have to do a oh little God, bit absolutely. more. I got to stay up a little bit more. I got to earn a little bit more. I got to serve a little bit more. And I have to invest a little bit more. And now it forces me to now become my greater, bigger self. But I don't have to be perfect. Yes. Right. I, well, I would never I be where I'm at right now if I didn't share what I know. Never. Because I would never be held accountable to it in that way. Exactly. And there it is. The, that added accountability. The pressure to figure it out and, and share and then live the example is what helps me figure it out. <laughs> like, And it helps you get back up, time. too, because, yes, because like, like, like you, you know. I, it's not like I'm always on the horse. I fall off. But if I know, I, you know, I got, I got to go help John or, or Tiffany or, or whoever, someone on my team, like I might fall off, but I'm not going to be off as long as I would if I wasn't supporting them, right? So their yep, energy is going to hear that, hear that. Exactly. And so, and you know, waiting, so like, don't wait. Just share. Share what you know, man. A, I think it is exactly. the best way to hold us accountable. And to help us get it's better so at our good. own craft, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So when you, um, in your story, you said it's been, um, I don't know, seven or eight years since kind of that really low, rocky point, and your life has dramatically changed since then for the better, which is amazing. Um, I'm curious to know how visualization played into that. So as you started um, – changing the energy, feeling better, <clears throat> just getting on the other side of that dark place. Mm -hmm. Did you ever imagine that you would be where you're at now or ever start to picture or visualize the life you're living now any, at any stage or any version of it, I guess? I am literally living the life that I pictured eight years ago um, right now. Um, eight years from now – Eight years from now, I'll be living the life that I'm envisioning right now. Um, I started exactly. doing something, um, and I've always been sort of good with this. For example, in my story, I talked about how I wanted to get that college football scholarship. This started when I was like 10 years old. But I yep. sort of um, I saw myself at 18 years old, 19 years old, receiving that scholarship, saying, Jamil, we want you to come play. And so what I call it in my business is I lead from the future and I act in the now. So how can I go out to a space, Sarah, to where I literally put a stake in the ground and I say, this is what I'm going to create. 
and it's and it's and it's in quicksand now. It's not moving. It's not going anywhere. This is what I'm going to do. Not what I hope I'm going to do, or I'm just merely going to pray about what I'm going to exactly. do. Or I'm going to cross my fingers that I'm going to do. No, I made a decision that this is what I'm going to do. Now I come back to the present, and everything that I do now is from that space. Like, how is that guy eight years from now going to show up today? And so, yep, um, and so every single, that, but I had to, I, I had that in me a little bit. I didn't know the structure of it like I know now, but I just knew that that visualization process was important. I didn't know all of the, you know, like dynamics of it like I know yeah, now. Yeah. Well, but, but, but I knew that that was an important part of the process because I have to leave from that place. My choices yeah. have to be from that place. My actions have to be from that place. My discipline has to be from that place. Like if I'm just doing everything that, that I need to do from who Jamil is today, dude, I'm never going to do it. It's then all you're going to manifest is today over and over and over again. Like you don't move exactly. forward. So I have to tell you, um, I kind of knew the answer to that before, not because I've, I have – you know, dug that deep into your philosophy, but because a lot of what I learned about visualization came from athletes, because I think mm. it's part of, um, I almost think it's like not just necessary, but it's, it's a critical skill that athletes learn at a super young age. I mean, that's kind of the whole idea behind running plays, right? You know, we're going to go run these plays because this could happen, this scenario, that scenario, whatever could happen in the game. And it gets you thinking ahead, right? Like, what's the game going to be like? Um, yes. You know, yes. what's the end of the season like when I win the big trophy? Whatever, whatever. So I love sports for that reason. My son plays um, – he's a senior this year, uh, and he is in that spot where he's um, talking to recruiters and hoping to get – well, he will get. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, a scholarship <laughs> to play football as well. Um, Yay. But that, <laughs> that is what – uh, in Hustle, Believe, Receive, I started those conversations um, with the very first people I ever coached, which are actually college uh, football players, because that's where I was learning the skill set I teach now. It was literally through listening to them talk about how they prepared for things, how they saw it in their mind first, how it started when they were a kid and they wanted to grow up to be whatever athlete they admired and you know, it, it happened when they played video games. They could visualize, this is going to be me, whatever. And I was like, that is so interesting. How can I do that but for a corporate mm. career? Or how can I yeah. do that but as an entrepreneur? How can I do that and be a better mom? How can I do that and travel the world? And that really is kind of the, the genesis of where my HBR method came from was because you guys have such a great way of breaking it down that just makes sense. It's just logical. I love that. It's like, well, of course I, I would want to think about the future. How else would I ever live it? You know, it's just is like kind of almost a no-brainer. So then translating that, I have to say, though, can be really hard. And honestly, can be really hard for athletes, too. I've worked with a lot in those transitions because, they knew how to apply it in this one space, but didn't know how to apply it as a general skill to anything oh else, gosh. which doesn't surprise me that you had that goal afterwards, right? Because I see that all the time. Yeah. But you did. You, you eventually like, figured out, like, hey, I could use these same types of skills. So, yeah, t- tell me a little bit about what some of those shifts were that, that led to what you're now teaching. Well, it's so funny that you said that because that's literally sh- uh, shift two um, in the book. In the book called The Twelve Shifts, shift two is do your own push-ups. And, um, and what I started realizing is I was really good at doing certain things as an athlete that somehow got missed in life. And so mm-hmm. one of those things was that visualization process, you know, um, which is so critical because it drives your actions. See, it's all of these little things, 
every minute, every every second, every minute, every hour, every day, it is doing all of these little tiny things that build up to this amazing thing that we call success, whatever that looks like for yep. you. And so if I'm visualizing at 10 years old and I'm saying, hey, when I graduate from high school, I'm getting a, I'm, I'm getting a scholarship. Now, when I come back to my 10-year-old self, all of my actions are focused, are going to be in alignment to what my greater want is, which is exactly. that scholarship. So am I going to go, and I'm talking about me, this is Jamil's life, so am I going to go out and drink like my parents did? No. Am I going to go smoke cigarettes? No. Am I going to go do drugs? No. Am I going to be hanging out late? No. Why? Because my greater want, my greater core desire, I call it your fundamental why, is I wanted that scholarship. Now, if I'm just living day to day and I don't even know what's in the future, what I'm striving for, then why, if I'm sitting at a party, why would I make the choice to not have that dream? Why would exactly. I make that Exactly. You have no motivation to do anything. And I don't yeah. have a reason to do it. Gone. Yeah. Right? I don't you have a reason to do it. And I lost that. Once I got into pharmaceutical sales and they started doing my forecast for me, let me say that again. Once I got into sales and they started forecasting my life and my success <laughs> right. for me, then I started losing that. Why? Because why? what do I got to do it for? I got Johnson & Johnson that's going to tell me sort of what, what my success level is going to look like. Right? So you start losing that. Then, then I fall into this, this, to this depression where nothing looks like it's going to be able to come out. I can't even see in front of me, let alone eight years down the, down the road. And so once I started making the second shift, um, I said, okay, when I'm sitting in the auditorium, I said, okay, wow, man, you used to do this. What do you want to go and create? So everything I talk about now is creating, living in the creative process. Yes. What do you want to go and create? Not what you want to go do. What do you want to go create? You can go create whatever it is that you want. And so then I started designing this life out in the future. I said, okay, well, I want to be um, at this level in terms of my health. I want to be at this level in terms of my income. I want to be at this level in terms of my business. I want to be at this level in terms of my, uh, my mental health. And then you just start making up stuff and the yeah. things that are really important to you. So that's out there in the future. And then we say, okay, well, I used to do that when I played football and stuff. So now let's just incorporate that now that you're going to start this business. Great. So now we come back to the present, and now we get after it. I do the same thing in my trainings. So let's just say I have this huge training uh, that I'm going to be training, this huge group, right? And so I say I always sit down with my teams there, and we sit down and we say, okay, what are the outcomes that we want to come out of this training? What do we want to, exactly. what yeah. do we aspire to have happen? When we're done with this weekend, what do we want to see happen? And so now we start that creative process. And now we say, okay, let's create the training program, the training series that's going to now yield us that outcome. And then we come back to the present. That training might be eight months away or something. And now we come back to today and we start delivering um, even future acting and now. And then it was so funny that in sports, and I'm so glad that you talked about this. In sports, we always worked out. And if, if my body, the way I went to get my body and my strength, that was, that was up to me. That was up to me to go do the push-ups, right. to go do the sit-ups, to go do the bench press. That was up to me to take that, that responsibility, that personal responsibility to go do, to go do that. I couldn't, right. couldn't blame anyone for my quads not getting bigger. That's on Jamil. But in sports, you still had that motivation, right, because you had that dream or you had the vision and you knew you had something to show up for. Soon as soon as that kind of goes away, then it's like, oh, we, we drift, right? With, without yeah. having oh, that clear vision of what word. we're doing anything yeah. for, man, it's just everything starts to fall apart. So I'm constantly preaching. Well, first of all, my, my book, Future Boards, is all about that. It's like how do I design my future five years out? How do I see it? How do I get a plan for it? How do I get freaking excited for it? How do I start putting myself in the moment of living it five years before it happens? All of that. If I can do all of that, 
which honestly doesn't cost me a thing, <laughs> you know, it just is going to take <laughs> that mental dedication. And there's all different kinds of ways that you can help spurn that. Then those dreams are literally going to pull me out of bed every single day. I, there might be days I might have to fight and kick against them because I'm like, man, I just want to like wallow. And my dreams are like, bitch, get up. <laughs> Let's go. But if you don't have any of that, if you don't know what it is that you want or why it matters to you and you're not excited about it, then you're going to be looking for someone else to motivate you and you're just going to keep drifting. You know, you're going to keep being why in do you, that space. Why do you think it's, like, it's hard oh. for people – why do you think it's hard for people to get to that space to, to literally just say, this is what I want and what I, what I want to do? Oh, it's the hardest thing. It is the hardest thing. I don't know if you um, find this in the work that you do as well, but I would say it is the number one thing that most people struggle about because here's the thing. If you just think about it logically, when we're kids, we are forward thinking, right? We're like, what do we want to be when yes. we grow up? What college do we want to go to? Then you get to college okay, what career do you want? You're forward thinking, you're planning, you're strategizing, you're imagining. Then what happens? You get to your 30s, you're in that career, you have that wife or husband and family. No one. It's crickets out there. No one is telling you, hey, bitch, keep planning. It's so true. It's so true. There isn't one, like, road sign ahead. It's like you hit 35, all road signs disappear, and everyone's like, you're supposed to live happily ever after. And, and then we so wonder, true. like, how did we get here? Why are we drifting? Because there is no plan after 35 in this country. <laughs> like, no one thinks about that. It's the 1% that think about it, right? So I'm like, man, yeah. if we just implemented that, shit, that solves half the problem. But I think that is it, is that, like, in your example, when you're going through football, it's super exciting, right? Even maybe when you get that first job, it's super exciting. But then we stop having a plan. Mm-hmm. And with, without that vision and and plan and stuff. It's just like, why am I bothering? You know? What's another one of the shifts um, in, in that process that helped you turn your life around? So we have um, we have the community as part of it, right? We have do your own push-ups. I love that. Um, motivate yourself. Get in there and continue to do it. What are some other shifts that, that really were transformative for you? Um, I would say there's a shift. It's actually shift number one. It's called uh, You Have Superpowers. And it's, it's part of the question that I just asked you because I found myself asking myself that same question. Why have I become okay with mediocrity? Like why have I become mm-hmm. okay with just being here? And um, along my journey, I started realizing a couple things. And one of the things that I started realizing was that um, I had the superpower. And that superpower was um, utilizing choice, um, consciousness, um, being able to decide. And, and I had either lost it or just didn't know it. And so in the book, I tell this beautiful story about this, um, this, um, this, uh, the, the Burmese and, um, and this um, clay uh, statue of Buddha. And I tell the story about how Throughout the process of, of the Thai monks needing to move the statue, they realized that beneath this, this clay and this mud, this muck uh, that's been on this, this statue for about 200 years, they realized that it was actually solid gold and, mm-hmm. um, and that it had been covered up by this clay. And I started realizing that it, that was me, that inside of me was solid gold, but over the course mm-hmm. of my life, I had allowed this metaphorical clay to be thrown on me or I allowed myself to throw it on myself. And so I tell all these beautiful stories about how I've realized that my mom's clay was on me and how that showed up in my business and in my marriage. I realized that my dad's clay was on me. I realized that all of these layers of clay had been built on over the years and my job now was to start to realize and uncover that gold that was inside. And the way I started to do that was utilize my mind. I um, started to realize that I had this, this, this ability to make choices that actually served what I wanted to do. So part of the clay was becoming comfortable with becoming comfortable. Um, that was what I saw. That was um, mm-hmm. the history that I come from. That was the sort of a topography 
that I grew up with, and so my mind became extremely limited. Um, not until I actually realized that, hey, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, I can create anything that I want to um, and have to start to utilize that, that process of my mind of changing and creating new stories. <laughs> um, a story that yeah. um, I'm, I'm living in scarcity, and, but that's not the story of myself. I can live in abundance that my marriage was failing yeah. for all these reasons that were all my fault, but even the stories that I made up about my wife, they don't have to be those stories. I can change those stories. Exactly. Yep. Um, my business, you know, uh, with its ups and downs and me having the propensity to, um, you know, ruin relationships over it. Well, it doesn't have to be those stories. I can change it to where... I even tell stories about how I used to have these stupid, stupid arguments there and fights over the fact that my wife wouldn't make the bed. Isn't that dumb? <laughs> but I literally would get to the verge of divorce because the story in my head was she didn't care, that she didn't love right. me, and she didn't care enough about our marriage to make the bed. That was right. a story that I created based off of the clay that I had grown up with. It was so silly but I didn't even know that it was there, so I need to become conscious to realize that I was even having those thoughts. Yeah. And those thoughts are say. not me. Those thoughts are not me. Boom! So right there, people. Right there, yeah. right there, right there. <laughs> those I, I, I throw me. that out there as the very first shift. Like, people will ask me, they say, if I read one chapter of the book, where would it be? And I'm like, well, shift number one. Because that, that, yeah. that has been the catalyst of everything in my life now, is realizing that I have the ability to think, not just act, yep. not just respond to what's happening, but I get to think and I get to choose what You get to choose it all, oh, man. It's yes. so powerful. It is yeah. so powerful. That is, that's, uh, think it is step two and hustle receive, which is very much along these lines. It's... And I think something that frustrated me when I first started kind of figuring my life out and changing it um, and then was like, oh, maybe I should read a book on how to do this. And I would pick up these books that I couldn't understand anything they were saying. I was like, oh, my God, I feel so stupid. Like, what is going on? How do you change your thoughts? Um, and, and I was like, it cannot be this hard. It, it just can't. I've got to find a hack that makes it e much simpler for us to even – even have a conscious understanding of what the hell it is we're thinking because mm. that right there is half the, the battle, you know, like, and then to once I started understanding that those thoughts were predictive and they were literally predicting the life I already had in the past and in the present. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. they were continuing to create and predict what was coming. And I started taking the inventory of what I was thinking. I was like, holy shit. Shit, I better deal with these lack mindset things, these unworthiness things, or I'm going to sabotage everything. Um, and so that choice is, it's, it's probably, like you said, the game changer of anything anyone can do. If you can understand that concept on any level and just mm. start applying it, start doing it, you will live a different life. You can't live the same life. Just think about logically. If you've had thoughts that have created the reality you have right now and those thoughts have been circulating for 5, 6, 10, 40 years and you start thinking brand new ones, from a logical standpoint, how can you continue to get the old results if you're thinking new thoughts? Like, So exactly. that to me was such a game changer. Do you want to know my superpower? I do. <laughs> so it's funny that you said that as, as one of your steps because I think the first line in my my new book, Future Boards, is uh, so I have this superpower, and and I to totally believe it. Um, I can predict the future, and that is how I've done it. The way that we've been talking about today, right? If you mm -hmm. can put your mind in that future, and you can say, "This is what I want. This is what I want my life to look like. This is what I want, you know, my marriage to look like, my relationship, my business, my body." then you can create the plan for it, the vision, the thoughts, all the other things. Like you said, you can start doing the, the work that lines up to get you there, and then, boom, you just predicted your own future. 
I'm a I'm a full believer in that, Sarah. Like everything in my bones believes that to be true. Um, and I think on my path, I started to believe that. I just didn't know that wanting that would come with um, pain. And so yeah. another another shift is growth equals pain. See, this is what I learned. It's like it's almost like God, the universe, um, whatever someone believes for them, says, okay, Sarah, like, fine. You just put that out there, great. You can have that. But it ain't going to come easy. And you're going to have to go through a whole bunch of nonsense Absolutely. in order to get that. And I want to yes. test you every step of the way until I realize that you're the person mm-hmm. that's not going to give up. And that's what yeah, happened. Exactly. And, and what I would do before was I always gave up. You know, like, like I, would, I would get to the moment to where it started to hurt, even, even in my health coaching business. I quit that business after two weeks because it, it began to be too difficult. I knew pharmaceutical sales like the back of my hand. But now having to stretch and having to grow and go through all these uncomfortable conversations and stuff like that, um, that was painful. And I didn't want to step up to the plate, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to endure that process. And, um, and I found that to be true in, like, every area of my life leading up until one day I had a shift, and I was like, wow, man. Okay, dude, I, I get it, man. I get it. And I started yep. again. I, I likened it back to athletics. I said, you know, when I'm in there and I'm, and I'm lifting weights, or I'm running the miles and I'm doing all that stuff, the way that I know I'm getting better and that next guy who's lining up next to me in that 100, it's you know, dash race, <laughs> how I know I'm better than him because I'm willing to go through this yeah. pain, this uncomfortable, this suffering. I'm willing to. And I would do that. My guy's out on the track and field. He would literally yeah. pass out um, at the end of practice. But I wouldn't do that in life. Yeah, I would get to just the verge of discomfort, and then I would just, I would just crumble, man. I would, you heard me, and my mindset was so weak. I would fall into a depression, or I would say, you know what, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that tough situation. And I started, that, I started learning that, no, man, that's what's going to separate you. You cannot grow at all. I don't care. You can't birth anything worth having without going through pain. And so I tell all these beautiful stories about mamas giving birth to babies and seeds growing through ground and, like, all this stuff. Uh, if that's what you want, great, put it out there. But do not think it's going to be easy because that is delusional. Now you have to say, okay, great. Now that I want that, what am I going to be willing to do and to give up in order to go do that? And what I've seen and what I've learned is most people will not go through the pain and they won't do it gracefully, and that's why they'll stay the same. Yeah, I mean, it's so true. A thousand million percent. If you don't want it bad enough, Forget it, you know, and, and I think that that part of the journey, and I'm always super raw and open about that because that is the part that most people don't talk about, don't want to talk about. It's not sexy, you know, it's, uh, but I think if more people knew that it was just a given in the journey, then they would be less likely to, to quit the first time it happens. I think instead there's so much um, of this belief of, oh, when I'm, when I'm living my best life or when I'm in my flow, then like everything is gravy <laughs> and wonderful. And I'm like, bitch, what planet do you live on? That is not life, you know? And I also think that it, you know, it's kind of like the story of the diamond. You've got to go through it a minute before you get to be a diamond. And yeah. instead of looking at that, like the part I dread in the journey, I had to switch my mindset because struggle is in my DNA. I mean, it's been there mm. literally from the moment of my birth. And so it is what I knew. That was my resting place, the hustle, the struggle. Um, but I wasn't getting to the place where the hustle was turning to thrive. And, and that was incredibly frustrating. And so I had to, um, I had to really understand that those obstacles or that disappointment or whatever the case was, was actually the lesson I absolutely had to learn. Like, non-negotiably, I had to learn how to navigate that at phase one so that I would 
be able to avoid it at phase two and be able to make a decision that propelled me to phase five or whatever. Like I had to see it in those mm-hmm. terms. And once I did, once I realized like this is actually the on the job <laughs> training for my dreams that I have to have in order to be able to sustain the final outcome. And there is no final outcome, but right. The big shiny success moments or whatever. So I want to sustain those and grow those and truly live in those. This is what, I need to know to be able to do that. And without it, I would become one of those cliches who gets it and loses it. And I didn't want that. So I think you're so right in that we we have to know that there is going to be pain with it. There's going to be a hell of a lot of hustle. There's going to be disappointments and all of those things. But if we start looking at it, like, that's the thing that actually is going to get me there faster because I'm going to hone my yeah. skill. I'm going to fall in love with my dream even more. I'm going to be relentless about not giving it up. And then you get to the other side so much faster. So much faster. Mm. Well, I have loved this conversation, Janelle. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom. Um, And everybody, go get the books. Uh, Tell us about the books and where where everyone can find and follow you and, and get all obsessed. Thank you so much. And, again, thank you for having me. Um, the book is The Twelve Shifts by me, Jamil Frazier. You can get it on Amazon. It's, it's in paperback. Um, it's on audiobook. I'm actually reading uh, the audio. Um, you can download it as an e-book. Um, I think that this is um, an incredible book. I feel like it's divinely written. Um, I feel like, and I know it for a fact, how many people have reached out to me and already this is helping them change their lives. Um, It's a book that helps people become more fulfilled in many different Mm -hmm. ways, not just in your, um, you know, drive for higher revenue or, you know, more income or anything like that. It's a book that will teach you how to be fulfilled. My whole life has changed, and so I put that out there. Um, you can Love find that. me on Instagram um, at the real Jamil Frazier. Um, you can also follow our company, which is called Think Life is Different, um, on Instagram. And, uh, of course, same, same handles for uh, YouTube and things like that. So it's been a great honor. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And I will put all of those links in the show notes as well. Thank you again, Jamil, for this conversation. It was just what I needed to power myself through a Friday and head on into the weekend. And listeners, if you got something out of today, please share your thoughts um, on my Instagram feed. I'm about to post this on there, and both of us would love to uh, hear from you. I know Jamil probably would too, and, and join that conversation. Tag us both, share do all those fun things. That's how you give back um, and show your support. And we love you for that. And until next time, everybody, hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on the Sarah Centrella Show.